Well, welcome to another episode of Parenting Pathway Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Dave Carl, And as usual, my good friend, Nathan Kosurik is here. Wave, Nathan. Hello, everybody. It's audio. It doesn't, you don't need to do that. We're both on staff here at Stonebriar Community Church in beautiful downtown Frisco, Texas. As we were preparing for this podcast, I realized it was going to be tremendously terrible with just the two of us. So we have invited Adam Martin to join us. Adam, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, and thank you for bringing up the quality of our podcast, Adam. So Adam Martin works with Linkier, which is the name of, of his organization. He's the VP of operations. He has a wife, Kathleen. Caitlin. Caitlin. It is spelled Catlin, yes. Okay. Her mom's her mom is also an Aggie and struggles with how to spell Caitlin. Okay. We, <laughs> we all have a past. Yeah, yeah. And uh they have two sons. Now, this is you should have thought of this, Nathan. There's yeah. there's, there's Trent and Truett and a daughter, Tess. Nice. Triple T. Yep. Now, in my family, when when you're angry at your kid. You mm -hmm. already picked the wrong name to yell out. You know, that just makes it, it seems like it's a, a level of difficulty the average person can't manage. I call them the wrong name more often than I call them the right name. Just <laughs> you. Hey, you get out of there. Get out of that bathroom. <laughs> well, and as we will continue to tell you all about how amazing Adam is, I feel that we need to pause here and talk about are what's the, the the topic of today's uh, podcast is a gap year. Now I had not heard of a gap year. The the phrase I had not heard of till a few years back when Nathan was describing this to me. Now we have our expert Adam, but we're going to have our non-expert Nathan give us a definition of what gap year is, and then I'm going to have Adam correct you. Okay, great. So a gap year is a gap between high school and college. Oh, I thought you were going to be too technical there for me for a minute. So I'm No, I'm trying to keep it basic. I know who our audience is, the ones who really are dedicated to us. So we have to <laughs> Did I just insult our entire I think listener? you might have. <laughs> I think you might have. They're not going from their senior year in high school to their freshman year in college. Yeah, or whatever they're going to do. I, I think typically it's kids who intend to go to college. And so they, instead of doing that, they sit at home and watch Oprah reruns. Is that? Oh, uh, no, this is where I'm going to need Adam to step in. Okay. I'm glad there are a lot of different things they can do with that time and probably more productive than daytime television. All right, Adam, you're on. Yeah, so that the gap year is a pretty broad definition, right? A gap year can be one that is traveling. A gap year can be one that is working. A gap year can be one that is a part of a program that has kind of a curriculum that you walk through during the gap year. Uh, but it, it is that basically just that 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 pause in between high school education and then continuing education. It's I'm kind of figuring out who I am uh how I'm wired a lot of it a lot of gap years is designed for identity of like you know what what am I called to do what do I want to do what am I gifted at and then and then so maybe a little bit more of a 
um, accurate trajectory after the gap year versus kind of taking two or three years of college to figure that out. Yeah, Dave, we saw it with, um, with, with the years in student ministry that, that um, I had spent before coming across the concept of gap year, uh, we saw uh, that precipitous drop in uh, church participation or an active pursuit of Christ among so many of our graduates. And so when we sat down and just tried to whiteboard, you know, what are the causes? What could be some of the solutions? What could we do to help these kids who are finding a way to kind of get lost in the wilderness right after high school? Uh, man, the gap year seemed like a gift from the Lord. We And we started to just promote it like crazy and just telling all the kids and their parents, hey, please do this, because it, it just seemed to have so much benefit. Now it's it's kind of a a gap year can be organized by a high school pastor for the kids. It can be a well organized thought through with curriculum program. I mean, it's not a technical definition of a gap year, is there, Adam? I mean, again, no, it's it's very broad. I mean, there it's it honestly has been and, and been a little bit more of a historical thing that people did in Europe. It's not maybe as culturally um, normal to go from high school straight into college. There's a little bit of that, like whether it be take time and go to the military, whether it be take time and get in the working world, like you don't go straight to that secondary or education because most of the students don't know where, what they want to do. We're in America, right? For years, we've just said, Hey, you go from high school to college and you'll figure that out in the four years, you'll change your major seven times. And in fact, you, that you won't even use your major and it doesn't matter your major, you know, just go get your secondary education, pay a whole lot of money for it. And nowadays getting a whole bunch of debt and you figure that out down the road. So we're the gap year. The idea of a gap year is now like, Hey, maybe take that pause pre spending all that money, pre spending all that time and energy to maybe have a little bit more of a narrowed trajectory, figure out who you are, you know, cause that first year, I think we all agree that first year outside of mom and dad's home is so important right? And yeah, not only what you want to do, but who you are, what you believe, why you believe it, all of those things. Because then it's not my church's faith. It's not my, because we haven't talked about a Christian gap year. We've just probably gap right. year in general, right? You want to put a Christian label on that. What does that look like that first year outside of mom and dad's home to really begin to make your faith your own outside of how and where and, and all that where I grew up and, and and kind of be challenged in those areas and also supported in those areas so well I, I have to say I, I hate that Europe is ahead of us on anything <laughs> in the so, gap year yes but not in the I wouldn't argue in the Christian gap year side of not in barbecue oh yeah not, we got them on that Dave not in street or, tacos sure okay all right <laughs> that, that that does that makes me feel better Football. Yeah, um, we got them in football. You got to be which football? That's true. <laughs> I, okay. I'm not talking about soccer. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, there's only one. So I think, I mean, we've all worked with kids for years, and uh, there's certainly research to support this theory I'm about to espouse, but it seems like we have a cultural phenomenon where we are having kids graduating high school and going out into the world less prepared to join the world than in previous generations. I mean, we see it 
yeah, I mean, it's and, and we get students from a wide range from all over the country, honestly, all over the world. We've had students from Barcelona, Spain. We've had students from Cairo, Egypt. I mean, we've had students from everywhere. And, and across the board, just like you said, I think less responsibility is given to kids now than there has ever been, especially in the last 20, 30 years. And then honestly, you've just seen a drop in, in a confidence of that they can do things on their own. And then also a, uh, there's just less of an identity of like, I know who I am and how I'm wired. It's, I want to be like that, or I want to be like that. And the fingers always pointed somewhere else. And I think, I, you know, social media has been a huge player in this yeah. lack of identity piece. Cause they're always trying to compare to who they would prefer to be someone else versus no, this is how God has gifted me uh, and confident in that. So part of the, and again, I'm, this is, I'm theorizing and speaking out of experience, but one of the ways that you figure out some of that, that you determine what you're good at and what you're not good at is that you try stuff. Mm -hmm. You've got to go out and take some risks. We pretty much culturally are trying to avoid that at all costs these days. We, we don't want our kids to risk anything. We won't, don't want them to fail at anything. And well-meaning parents are are both spending themselves into debt and and spending all of their their time making sure that their kids have the the very best opportunities. Most of which, and I'm over characterizing, I understand that, but an, an inability to to risk and fail seems like a good thing to a parent, but it's not. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And Dave, I'll, I'll just um, defend well-meaning parents here for just a second on that, because I don't think it's just the helicopter parent scenario. Uh, I, if I think back to my own experience of being that age and then comparing it to uh, having kids who are now either in college or about to go off to college, uh, you know, it, it seems like the opportunities for young people to make mistakes and then recover from those mistakes without having lifelong consequences. It's just a much more narrow margin. The, the competition feels like it's much greater. Uh, if you lose a step and fall behind, you feel like you're going to be hopelessly doomed in, in the cycle of meritocracy to get those top spots in whatever corporation or, or right. future you're you're imagining for yourself and so I think the parents have sort of you know we, we feel that for our kids and we're just sort of uh, a little intense about making sure uh, that they do the things it's going to take to get to to where they they need to be and and I don't feel like there was quite that much uh, pressure when we were growing up it was like yeah, you can mess around for a little while and still, you know, get ahead in life. I, I maybe that's just a perception that I have. Well, I, I, I can see that. I and and I, I feel us moving into more of the structure of what a gap year um, is. So let's let's talk about how a gap year, Adam, might address some of these things of risk taking for the for the kid in a good way. And we'll talk about how this feels especially risky for the parent to in, embrace my kid not going to call that, that feels like a risk mm -hmm. like what if they never go what mm -hmm. if they you know 
go off somewhere and they never, you know, never complete their life the way that I hope that they will. But first, I would I would like you to talk about what the kid in your program experiences and and why this would be well worth considering for a parent. Yeah, I mean, to y'all's point, right? That I think one of the things that makes it really difficult for students to really kind of determine who they are and what they want to become uh, is there's way more options on the table nowadays too, just the access to information and just like you, today more than ever, a student really can be or a person really can be whatever they want to become. You know, with YouTube University, I mean, every, like there's just so much access to so much information at such a cheap price. Like the the options are literally endless. And so it's hard for them to kind of narrow that focus. So one of the things that, you know, I think a lot of gap years are designed for specifically at Link Year, one, one thing we really emphasize is identity, right? And, and, and Link Year specifically is a Christian gap year program. So it's not only, right, identity and who they are in relation to a holy God, like my identity and what God calls all of us to do, right, through his word, like our purpose, but, but vocationally, what am I called to do and how does that play out? That is different for me than it is for other people, right? And so, you know, I don't think for us, our goal necessarily isn't every student leaves Link here knowing exactly who they, what they're going to be doing for the rest of their lives, but we narrow that focus, right? And so there's several different identity personality assessments that the students take while they're here, along with discipleship of like, hey, I really see this breathe life into you, you come alive, like you're gifted at these things, you're proficient at them. And hey, these are things that you probably shouldn't go into. This sucks life out of you. This is things that would not benefit you to do for a living, right? We often talk about that 80-20 principle, 80% of your job, right? It should breathe life into you and you're good at it and 20%. And sometimes you just got to get done what you need to get done. But if that's reversed and you come home at the end of the day, just exhausted, you know? And so often we have these two different times throughout link here. We have like essentially professional coaches come in uh, and they're executive coaches and they are, you know, they mentor CEOs, right? And they're, they're seeing this happen and this play out in these men who are still highly successful, but they're just drained because they're in professions that are doing, there's parts of their job that are just, you know, completely sucking life out of them. And so for them to become aware, hey, this is not something that necessarily breathes life into me, uh, things that I can try to delegate. And you see so much of that leadership training where you just, you know, delegate what you can, delegate what sucks life, all that kind of stuff so that you can be more efficient and proficient at things that you're gifted in. Um, a student at 18 to be aware of that, uh, I think benefits them not only as a professional in whatever career choice they make, but it, but even in that beginning trajectory, if they do decide college, which most of our students, uh, I'd say about 75% of our students end up going to a university. Um, you know, most of our students now have a little bit more of a narrowed uh, trajectory, if you will, on, hey, this is kind of what I'm being called to do. And then on top of that, right, it's that discipleship and mentorship that plays a big role in that as well, right? And, and, and often it's, it's a very similar voice to mom and dad, but it's not mom and dad's voice, which we all know can hit very different than mom and dad's voice, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mom and dad say the same thing over and over. And like, that's what I've been saying. Well, that's not what, you know, my, my mentor Linker said, you know, and there's, you know, it just, it hits different when sure. someone else reiterates that truth 
that the parents may or may not have known about their son or daughter, may have been even speaking over their son and daughter, but for some reason it becomes real to them when they hear, you know, their 25, 27 year old mentor speak that truth over them. So, um, you know, a lot of it too, is just that confidence, that empowerment, like this is the, what God's calling me to. And that like, okay, I feel more confident in that now versus, I don't know, you know, just kind of, again, with so many options out there, one comment can change a student's trajectory. You know, I, I mean, my personal story, right. I don't know about you guys, but my, my story was, I was, I went to A&M cause that's where my dad went to. And I was an accounting major because my dad was an accountant. And it took three years of college before I quickly realized I hate accounting. Like it's <laughs> what God is calling me to do. It's not how I'm wired. In fact, I stink at it, you know? And so, you know, I thank the Lord. It wasn't all down the drain, but I was able to graduate with a finance degree that, you know, was able to use some of those credits. But I mean, I also had a roommate in college that was there for six years, you know, and mm-hmm. graduated with a kinesiology degree. You know, it's like, bro, yeah. you know, in yeah. James majors, I think seven or eight times, you know, she just didn't know who he was. Yeah. So. Adam, you know, one of the things that really resonated with me, what you just said had to do with all the, the options. And, and you hear a lot about the anxiety that this generation uh, is, is feeling and what they're dealing with. And, and, and I can see a connection between, you know, standing at a crossroads where you have uh, three choices versus 360 choices right and so the anxiety level just kind of builds when you're a young person and you're thinking oh my gosh how in the world am I going to make a decision at the age of 18 that is going to affect the rest of my life when there's so many options out there and so it seems like this the, the great benefit is they they go to link here and have the opportunity to really think about who they are, like who they are in the eyes of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And and the reality is when they leave link here, they still have 360 choices. Yeah. These are the choices we would maybe suggest or your personality or these, you know, these are the choices that would be maybe a, a win for you. And these are the choices that maybe not be a win for you. You can still choose that, right? You can still go major in that, but according to kind of what you've learned at link here and, you know, like, we would advise you not to go down those roads. You can, right? We're, you have the freedom to do that. But like, here's the the choices that may uh, benefit maybe how God has uniquely wired you. Yeah. So Adam, my kid decides he wants to do link year or a link year a, mm-hmm. a year with, with link year. What, what does that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, even in the, even how we've we have we have specifically named link year right gap associates there being a void like so a gap year like this void and i don't do anything well link year is we try to the whole reason we named it that is it's that link between high school and college or high school in the working world that it is a active choice that i am choosing to participate in something that is going to value that next step and so you know, for us, it's what what have we learned? We, we, we've been in existence since 2011. What have we learned over the 12 years uh, that is helping students put that best foot forward um, throughout their time here, right? Discipleship is a huge piece for us, you know, and learning a, a student to learn the value of having someone 
older, a few years down the road, wiser, someone that they're bouncing ideas off of, something that they that they can, you know, just kind of walk through life with, someone that they find valuable in mentorship. So that so that that relationship is established. I find real value in mentorship. All of our disciplers are being discipled. And so what does that look like for a student out of high school? You know, yes, mom and dad will always kind of have that role in your life, but what does it look like to surround yourself with people that you can continually seek wisdom toward, right? So discipleship is a really, really big piece for us. And then relationships is, you know, being in a program like this with like-minded students, the value of community is really, really important. Um, And then, like I was saying, the identity piece, and then just that, you know, knowing what you're called to and, and how God has wired you. And then, and then that confidence, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of times students coming out of mom and dad's home that first year is, can be a tough year. We, you know, we attribute a lot of times to the training wheels, you know, those training wheels are coming off you're now riding the bike. And, and the reality is you're going to fall. You are right. And just to be in that environment where we can come alongside and say, Hey, what'd we learn from that? Right. And, and it being a positive, encouraging, Hey, you fell down and you hit hard. You got some scrapes like, and that's okay. I do the same thing. Right. And, and creating a safe space for a student to fall and learn how to ride a bike without training wheels, learn what it's like to live and, and be responsible for their laundry, be responsible for their budget, be responsible for their vehicle, be responsible for all of these things that they are now their mom and dad aren't necessarily doing for them, you know? And I think that parenting wise, I mean, there's some students that are just a little bit more prepared than that for, than others. And we get the wide gamut. We get the students that need a little bit more help taking the training wheels off. And we have other students that are ready to go. Um, but, and that's just on the practical side. I think even on the spiritual side of things, what does that look like for a student to, you know, like I was saying earlier, kind of make their faith their own, which I think to your point, Nathan, is so vital outside of mom and dad's home for them to establish this is not my parents, this is not my pastors, this is not, this is mine, you know, and I can ask really hard questions in a really safe place uh, and make my faith my own. I know what I believe and I know why I believe it. So that equal to or actually greater than is why Linkier exists is to curb that statistic of, you know, so many students going off to college and it never being there. So the moment they get there, they punt it. So, yeah, to me, Adam, it sounds like there's really is no reason, no real um, reason why anyone should not do it, but you've had so much experience and so many, you've seen so many kids come into the program uh, there. Would you say there are, uh, some kids who a link year is maybe not a right fit for them? Yeah, that's a good question. Again, we ha- we've had students that know exactly who they are and know what they want to do come into link year and benefit from the discipleship relationship side of things. And then, but I mean, I would say a majority of our students come in desiring direction on where they want to go. I don't know what I want to do. I don't want to, I don't know what I want to major in. I don't, I don't know who I am. Like we've had a lot of students that come in with that desire or the, I don't really know what I believe, right? Here's what I grew up, but like, what do I really believe? So it's usually one of those two. I don't know who I am and what yeah. direction I want to go vocationally, or I don't know who I am in relation to a holy God. So a lot of, a lot of our students, it comes down to identity that I think the reality is, you know, we're all 
still a little bit kind of figuring out, you know, even as. And, as yeah. Do you ever get uh, kids who are sent there sort of against their will? Like mom and dad are like, hey, you need this and you're <laughs> going to link here. I mean, do you ever run into that situation? So we we do a little bit. Um, honestly, that's kind of the one criteria that we have come into of like, hey, this is probably not a win for your student, for your son or daughters. If they don't want to be here, it's going to be a little bit of a waste of our time and theirs. You know, the, the age old adage, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You know, for us, that that desire for them to want to is a big part of it. You can't make anybody want to. And so if they don't want to be here, it's it's just going to be a little bit of a struggle for, I think, all of us. But um, honestly, we, I mean, we, you know, God can even work through all that. We've had students who it was a little bit of a bait and switch for their parents. Their parents said, hey, here's what Link here is. And they got here like, this is not at all what my parents said going to be. And I'm like, how did you miss it in the interview? Like, this is what we talked about it being in the interview. And so anyway, um, we've had a few of those and and it's cool to see the life change that, um you know, even happened to some of those students. We, yeah. So it's, it's cool for us. You never know, right. Where a student's going to land and when and how God's going to radically change their life. So. Yeah. And for, for parents or kids who might be listening in right now and learning about all of this, perhaps for the first time, if they were to, to join you for link here, mm-hmm. they have to not stay at home. Yeah. So what, is, we, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, so we have a campus here in Missouri. We're part of a uh, large Christian sports camp that runs in the summertime. So we have some amazing facilities that we have access to throughout the year. Um, and so we can, we, our, our current class is, is I think, 102 students. Uh, and that, I say 102 students. We have about 65 link year students. And then actually we started a couple of basketball teams a couple of years ago. And so the basketball thing has continued to grow, um, but then also the link year itself, which is you don't have to play basketball to come link year. It's com- they they all go to the same classes, if you will, and and attend some of the same activities. Uh, but our link year students don't spend as much time in the weight room and, and on the basketball court as our uh, uh, basketball students, obviously. So, uh, but we have a you know facility here in Branson, Missouri, and part of our curriculum is. Uh, a stateside mission trip to Birmingham, Alabama. Part of our curriculum is a month-long trip abroad. We really have found a lot of value in getting the students out of their comfort zone, out of that American culture, and really stretching them for the month of February. Um, So there's a month-long mission trip that's involved in that as well. But a majority of their time is spent here on our campus in Branson, Missouri. The the spiritual piece, I wanted to spend just a little bit of of time on that because this this is perhaps one of the more the, the more difficult thing for a parent to try to navigate with their kids. The influence of friends and internet and all this are so, so overwhelming, um, overpowering, really, that they have, the kids are experiencing a culture that the parents may not even be fully aware of. Yeah. Um, and so to send your kid to a place where they're going to be not just hot but challenged what 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 does this look like in, in link year so for us that's actually changed over the last couple of years and i say last couple of years it changed after year one you know for us 
a student came to here and we felt like we had a really great curriculum and it was a win for the 31 students we had that year. But like, you know, you, you kind of hear that if you're not aiming at anything, you're going to hit it every time. So what for us, what, what's our bullseye at Link here? What did we want students as their takeaway from their eight month experience with us? And so we kind of came up with our seven pillars of Link here, right? Where it talks about in Psalms as the, as wisdom uh, built her house, she has hewn her seven pillars. Like what are those things, those pillars uh, from their experience with us? And so we came up with these seven pillars. It's, it's establishing a, a solid biblical worldview. What does that look like? as an 18-year-old for me to understand what biblical worldview even is, but then two, what is my biblical worldview, right? Establishing that theological basis of this is what being a Christian is, seeing things through the lens of God as we're navigating political and socioeconomic, all these things that, that, that are being thrown at them, like what does that look like to look at it through the lens of scripture? Um, maximizing moments is one of ours, right? Throughout the rest of their life, they're going to be given these God moments, and how do you either passively move through those or actively step into these moments, right? And whether that moment is the opportunity to share truth with a friend or that moment is uh, to go in more of an action moment, like whatever these moments are that we have these God moments throughout and just giving the students the boldness to maximize these moments, to be diligent with the very limited time we have on this earth. Uh, privilege responsibility, right? I think, again, first year outside of mom and dad's home, understanding there's real consequences for your actions, right? Some of those are very positive consequences. Some of those can be very negative consequences, depending on the choices we make. But we get to, as adults, begin to walk in these consequences. And so kind of helping students navigate through that. Um, the center of what we do, uh, heart transformation, is... Uh, kind of it's 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 what all of our other pillars are kind of built around instead of behavior modification hey stop doing that it's more of a heart transformation why are you doing that you know so really kind of getting down to the depth of of our motivations behind things and then you know through christ hopefully prayerfully uh changing those motivations transforming our heart uh versus just modifying the behavior uh, student of scripture is huge for us and helping students. We, we have a, a teacher come in and teach inductive Bible study. He's at, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, the, but, but like, it can be a very academic kind of a harder way to study God's word, but it's also real. It's our students favorite teacher. They have come in all year is this guy come in and teach inductive Bible study and having God's word, explain God's word and then feeling confident and how to actually study God's word is so valuable uh, because, again, I think the the win for us is giving them those tools in their tool belt. So even after Link Here, they're still being able to confidently look at and navigate through the truth of God's word. Um, authentic accountability, prayerfully, a student may be known for the first time here. You know, we all have secrets and a lot of our students come in with secrets and we hear a lot of times I've never told anybody but you know, but for them to be fully known and still be loved and still be accepted uh, and know that we all, every single one of us, are in need of that grace from things that have happened in our past or things that have been done to us or regardless, that that accountability, that, that ability to be honest and real with others. And then lastly, growing in gratefulness, right? 
This generation is filled with entitlement. So what does that look like to have a grateful heart of not I deserve, but I am thankful for. Um, and so those are kind of, that was our bullseye, if you will, of Link here, like what we wanted our students to take away. And so all of our teaching and our experiences are kind of through that lens, if you will, uh, trying to hit home those seven pillars. Well, that was that's ex exciting to hear. We happen to to know a student that just went through your program, and we're going to hear from him and his mom right now. Hey, I'm Matt Clark, and I just uh, finished Link Year. We're just about to finish Link Year. It's a eight month gap year program that I decided to take because I didn't want to go to college straight out of high school. I just didn't deem that I wanted to be quote unquote, as I like to put it, the cookie cutter person. I get shut up high school and go straight to college and not take a year to explore and learn more about uh, me and also learn about the God who created everything and created me. I uh, decided to take a uh, link here because I wanted to learn uh, what I believe and why I believe it. And the very first day, that's one of the big things that they said on my preview day was, what do you uh, believe and why do you believe it? Hi, I'm Christine Clark, and I want to tell you a little bit about my son, Max, Gap Year. He's just finishing up a year at Canacook's Link Year program. Um, we knew pretty early on that Matt had wanted to do a Gap Year. He talked about it since he was in junior high. But sometime in his junior year, his dad and I were like, no, let's just go on to college, let's get the school thing done, and then you can do missions if you want. He had no real direction, no real passion for what he wanted to do next. And so I just think we were, both my husband and I were convicted that a gap year was what Matt was called to and what we needed to support. So we started looking at programs. We probably looked at about 15 different programs. And we knew the instant we walked onto the Kennecook Link Year campus in Branson that this is where Matt needed to be and where God was calling him to be. It has been a phenomenal program. The kids spend a year learning um, about discipleship they learn how to study their Bible the precepts way. They, um, they also do missions. So in the fall, they do an urban immersion program where the kids live kind of a simulated homeless life. And they learn about what it means to be poor and homeless and addicted in America and how these kids can help and pour into that. Even if they don't do um, missions work per se, they can still help and encourage people. Um, and then they do in the spring an international mission trip. Our son went to Egypt and taught day camps and just learned more about the culture and their religion and what they believe. And it has just been a crazy good eye-opening experience. Um, every time Matthew's come home this year or we've spent time with him, we have just been amazed at the changes. And I don't know why I say amazed because God can do anything, but this is a kid who grew up in church. He knows his Bible but he did not have like this strong heart relationship with God that we would desire. But it has been through this year of learning and growing and pouring into daily that he has learned how to go to God in prayer. He has learned that God is his savior of every day, not just these mountaintop experiences. Um, he looks forward to reading his Bible. He'll call periodically to discuss theology. That's not something he would have done before. and. Just the changes in maturity we've seen in him. He talks about how he wants to lead his family, how he wants to serve Christ even in a vocational role. And so it's been 
just a phenomenal year. So I just want to say if you have a kid that's coming up on their graduation and they seem a little directionless or they're not like super I'm going to do this, I would recommend and suggest that you check out doing a gap year. It doesn't have to be a gap year, but we found a year was the perfect amount of time. Um, also, I would suggest that you do a Christian program. We looked at a couple that weren't, but to reach our goals and our family's goals for this experience, it needed to be. We love Link Year. You don't have to do Link Year, but we would recommend it anyway. Um, so we just feel blessed that God gave us the opportunity and not the time to do this year. My name is Abby Bryant, and I took a gap year to Vancouver, Canada to replant a church after I graduated high school in 2017. I describe Vancouver as the pressure cooker season of my life where God was teaching me so much in such a small amount of time. So I'll try and just list off a few of the benefits, but there are so many. I really think I got a better read on myself. Um, I think I grew in my independence and confidence in my faith. A big lesson for me was I realized that I'm not self-sufficient and I had to rely on God in a way that I never really had done before. I think I became more fearless and my gap year gave me the courage to do things outside of the box and pursue things in the future that I never thought I would have. Um, I think a big lesson for me of my gap year was I just had affirmation that hard things were not necessarily bad things in my life. Um, when James speaks of taking great joy in our suffering, I think in my gap year that became heart knowledge for me. It moved from my head. I knew that was true, but gap year made that real for me. And so it was just good confirmation that the Lord never wastes a season of our life. Um, that growth can come from all sorts of experiences, painful and challenging ones, as well as sweet seasons of life. And that was probably a big takeaway. I don't know if I would have learned that as quickly had I not taken a gap year. So those are my thoughts. Hey, my name is Joel Bryant. And back in 2015, 2016, I went on a gap year experience to uh, Cheyenne Dima, South Africa. Um, that experience was hugely impactful to my life. Um, I got an opportunity to grow in my faith as an individual in Christ, uh, kind of away from the comforts of my family and the church I grew up in, and while still being sheltered in a way that I was surrounded by Christians to kind of encourage me, which was awesome. Um, I learned a ton of new skills and got to look into what life is like as a full-time missionary, and I gained a huge new perspective on the world, um, leaving Texas and, and going to such a far remote place. Um, they interact and they do things a lot differently day to day. Um, and just getting to see life in a different place was really awesome and helped me kind of rethink um, kind of the opportunity that I have and kind of be grateful for the opportunity that I have. Um, sometimes we take those things for granted and uh, I definitely have done that a lot less, I feel like, since um, doing that. Um, it's also just a great opportunity to get out of my own experience the world. Um, that was kind of kind of crazy. It took 40 hours to get home, but uh, it, was, it was still a great wooden trade for the world. So. And this is from Murphy Johnson. One of the benefits of my gap year was being able to see different life experiences. It was helpful to take a break from where I had grown up. Since I had plans to go to college, it was helpful to pause my education and gain a deeper appreciation for education because not everybody has that privilege. It was also cool to get to live on my own for a little bit and experience some different parts of life and to grow in my relational experiences and skills and to see what it looked like to live life a life of ministry before heading back to college.
Well, thank you, Adam, for walking us through all of that. If a parent or a kid um, wants to get a hold of you and find out more details about Linkier, the address to click on is? Yeah, it's just linkier.com. You can find us at linkier.com and all of our information will be on there. All right. And um, Adam Martin, are they going to ask for you? Are you the always going to be at the front door? We have, well, they, they're more than welcome to. I mean, we have an admissions coordinator. We have a men's and women's director. Uh, so it might make more sense to, I mean, probably start with the admissions coordinator. And, and he's he's been with us for multiple years, very capable of answering any questions. But if, you know, the gals want to talk to our women's director, they're more than welcome. She does all the interviews on the girl's side. Our men's director does all the interviews on the guy's side. Um, I'll still for sure participate in some of those during the month of February when our men's director is in Cairo, Egypt or Eleuthera, Bahamas or wherever, you know, the month may find him. So, right. All right. So that's linkyear.com. That will be also present just on our, our webpage, along with other resources for gap year options on our parenting pathway website. And um, the testimonials by themselves will also be there for you to listen to. Thank you, Nathan, for uh, Dave, Dave. Can I just jump in here real quick? I got one more important question. Okay, my expectations are pretty high. This I'm is an important question, Dave. This is a okay. very important question for Adam. Uh, can stressed out parents take a link here? <laughs> we actually, uh, that's funny you say that. When we usually do these little preview days, we get that question a lot. We actually have a post-grad program called the Canacuck Institute that yes. is an age limited deal. It is a, basically a one year condensed seminary. Very, it's actually the reason why Linkier exists is the president of Linkier went through the Institute after college and said, man, this would have been so valuable before college and then helped kind of create and start the Linkier in 2011. But um, yeah, the Canacuck Institute, all ages are welcome. Stressed out parents. We've had them before. We'd love to have them again. I have a feeling Nathan was hoping for laying on a chase lounge at a beach for a year for the parent. Hey, I'll take a year at camp. Hey, any, that sounds, <laughs> what I'm hearing you say is parents can just get away and live at camp for a year. So that's <laughs> Well, thank you both of you for guiding us through this. And thank you all for listening in. This parenting thing is challenging and it, constantly bonks right into our own hopes and fears which which mm -hmm. can spill over all over our kids if we're not careful so parenting and we say this often here this is not an individual sport parenting mm -hmm. is best done in safe and christian community and if you don't have that place stop right now what you're doing and go find one find a church near you that teaches the bible that cares for people and operates out of grace then stay with them for the rest of your life, no matter what the music is like. <laughs> so having said that, I now feel the need to toss to our Parenting Pathway podcast catchphrase. Don't do parenting and don't do life alone. Thanks for joining us. And I hope to chat with you again soon. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>